All right. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the Coach's Box. Thank you for stepping in for another episode of the Coach's Box. I'm your host, Coach JP3, joined today by Coach Natty T, and we got a special guest, Coach Thayer. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, what up, people? <laughs> yo, it's your boy, Thayer, from the AMB Podcast. I ain't pod in a while, but I'm so, so, so thankful to be in the Coach's Box. So, like, the invitation from Nate, I said, oh, yeah, I got to pull up. So, yes, I'm sir. here with the energy. I'm here to pod, and let's let's do this. Yes, good hey, to have you. podcast. Let's do it. Let's do it. Good to have you on there. Glad to have you on here. So we got Coach Natty T kicking us off with 90 and 90 with Coach Natty T, our new segment. Go ahead. What you got for us this week? Yeah, so new segment. Um, you know, so there's 90 minutes in the soccer game. So I figured I'll just kind of give my overall thoughts on the European soccer, European football game um in 90 seconds, and then I'll have extra time, which is, you know, stoppage time after the game. Um, where I'll discuss like a specific topic that I want to go in on. So get us started. <sighs> so first we're going to go to English, so the English Premier League. So they had their first games this weekend and Arsenal still sucks. I don't understand why. Mikel Arteta, who's a a well-liked manager, a well-liked person. He's a protege of Pep Guardiola. I don't understand why he can't get them to play defense or do anything right. He needs to figure it out because he's going to be on the hot seat. Um, and then I was most impressed by Tottenham's win over Manchester City. Uh, Manchester City was the, is the defending champions. And, you know, for them to pull out that win without Harry Kane, with that whole drama, pretty impressive. Um Next, I'm going to go to La Liga, the Spanish league. So, you know, life after Messi for Barcelona started off decent. They won 4-2 against Real Sociedad. So I saw some things that could work. Obviously, they're going to have to do it more as a collective unit without Messi. But the fact that they were able to score four goals was pretty impressive. So we'll see, you know, how that progresses throughout the season. And then last but not least, I'm going to go to Ligue 1 or the French League 1. Um, and what I've noticed over the past two weekends is the quality of the league has gone up. It seems like since the news that Messi has come, like everybody's raised their game. Um, so, you know, that's known as like the fourth best league in the world. So I think they're trying to like creep up a little bit. So it's been good to, to see that. Um, so my extra time topic is PSG. I have a PSG jersey. All of our listeners know I'm a PSG fan. Messi hasn't made his debut yet, so I think it will be next week. Uh, neither Sergio Ramos, um, who's another, you know, all-time great defender for Real Madrid, ex-Real Madrid player, but they've won their first three games, but their defense is absolutely atrocious. Today, they're playing breast, and I'm yelling at the TV. My dog's looking at me like I'm crazy because I'm like, what are y'all doing? They won 4-2, but that's that's the issue i'm seeing right there so that, that would be an ongoing session for sure but um but yeah so that's my quick review of european soccer this if week. i can jump in just for a second I yeah mention, like because we're both wearing jerseys shout out to my boy jojo um how do you feel about messi hasn't even played yet but has sold and made jordan the amount of money that he has I'm not surprised, and and for the listeners that don't know, um, so Jordan Brand has made over seven million dollars in the week and a half that Messi has gone to PSG. So he's 
it's unbelievable. I'm not, I'm not necessarily surprised by it. I mean, Messi is, you know, obviously him and Cristiano Ronaldo are the two best in this era, but, you know, more people would say that Messi is the GOAT. Um, so when you add that guy to your team and he's, although he's 34, he's still in his prime. I mean, but like as a casual soccer fan, I'm the most casual of casuals. So yeah. like, is this like LeBron going to South Beach, essentially? Um, no, I would say the best way I can describe it is you watch the last dance. Yeah. So the end of that 98 season, Michael Jordan could still play. Yeah, he could. And imagine if he went to the Knicks. In that 99 season after after the third championship he's he's older but still like yeah, yeah, he's yeah. still jordan yeah, he's still jordan imagine if he went to the knicks that's what psg just pulled off huh. so that's why i wouldn't say it's the lebron because lebron was what he was 20 what 26 mm-hmm. yeah he's 26. 26 so i would say it's more like a jordan like He's like, all right, Bulls don't want to pay me. All right, well, I'm gonna just go to the Knicks. Keep playing, man. That's, <laughs> okay. that, that's 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 a better example, I would say. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So, but if but mind you, if the Knicks had Shaq and Kobe, Shaq and Ewing, or Shaq, yeah. or actually, yeah, let me say this: if, like, if he went to the Lakers. Oh god. Because Kobe is your Kobe's Mbappe. Oh Mbappe's my gosh. And Neymar oh Shaq. Because Neymar is like 30. Shaq was like, you know, 28 around that time. That's, that's a better, that's even a better example. I'll be like Jordan in 98 going to the Lakers. Yeah, that's cheating. That's what that and is. The, yeah. the will be Kobe at the one. Kobe at the one, Jordan at the two. Was it Rick Fox at the three? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Man. Yeah, that that's basically what just happened. Jeez. So we'll we'll see how it all turns out, but you know they they should there should be no excuses. But obviously, you know egos, and they're gonna have to figure out how to play. There needs to be some balance because you can't just be all offense all the time. Right. So you know we'll we'll see how they work that out. But yeah, but that's why it's such a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> but I saw that that seven million in a week and a half for them. Jay. Oh, yeah. I'm like, that's a good year for some businesses as far as like a single product. Like, it, and they did that in a week and a half. Week and a half. Yeah. That's that's ridiculous. The second yeah. thing that popped in my mind from what you said from like at the French League, where you were talking about like, hey, everybody playing hard, and it's, it just it just makes me feel like when when Jordan retired, everybody's like, yo, we got a chance now. Like, we actually got a chance to win this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that's what it kind of reminded me of. Is like people play hard, they know they have a chance to. To make some noise now. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of making noise, Draymond Green is really good at that. And so I I know most of you have heard about this Bleacher Report uh, special series chips. Uh, you know, people got chips on their shoulder. Uh, Draymond Green, KD sat down and had a conversation, had a little interview there. It, but it was really, I'm going to start this off on a, on a good note because I got like one bullet point that's positive, And that is... <laughs> The fact that um, it was a good media to me because it's player to player. I felt that they were being very honest. 
That doesn't mean nods and agreements. Nods and agreements. Yeah. Yes, I, I, they were. That doesn't mean that I agree with what they were saying in their honesty, but they were being honest um, and maybe therapeutic. I, you know, we heard people talk about, you know, it took Kobe and Shaq how long to sit down and talk about what happened in their careers. Michael and Isaiah are never going to sit down and talk about what happened in their careers. Never. So, never. <laughs> So, like, you know, this is something I'm glad it happened now while they were still active and being able to enjoy it. That's pretty much the only positive takeaway. And I watched all 24, I think it was like 24 minutes of this. <laughs> I would just chime in and say, like, this is modern day media for like sports. Cause, like, the way we grew up, y'all are older than me, but like, I'm like, Stuart Scott was like groundbreaking. Now you got Draymond Green yelling at people in their face talking about, you know, I'm, I'm Draymond, and I play. I don't play off. I, I play unorthodox. You know, it's like Draymond. We we get that. Come on, <laughs> we get that. But like, you're not addressing anything. So like, but yeah, no, that's good. That's good. It was. That's how it felt at some point. And <laughs> I I think he's got a good career in media. I know a lot of people. Yeah, say that. I do agree with that. I do agree that he has he has a good future ahead of him there. Um. My other takeaway is not so positive. So when you talk about the argument that they had and KD refers to the last dance and saying, yo, when Scotty didn't go out there, the whole team was all over him and saying, yo, y'all messed up. That, that was messed up, Scotty. You shouldn't do it. So y'all like, y'all like two grown men, right? And so you're saying that you would prefer, like, you needed your team to call you to the carpet to do that. Like, you couldn't handle that yourselves. When, when you are two of the more seasoned people on your team, right? So it's like, these young dudes, they really going to call you out? Like, the only one that I saw that was really trying to stop it was Iggy. And Iggy was like, yo, like, yo, y'all need to chill. But you really need people to come in and tell you. So to that effect, if you that's what you wanted, then you should be talking about Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, the best players on the team. They should have been holding you accountable, right? So where is the finger pointing to them if that's what you said you wanted? That was the first point. Two is Draymond, I felt like Golden State front office, I wasn't in that hour and 45 long, you know, minute, minute meeting that he talked about, but it seemed like they just really wanted him to apologize. And he said, no. I'm going to talk to KD. But, like, then he ends up apologizing. And I'm like, so, like, basically, you did what Golden State wanted you to do, but you didn't want Golden State to tell you what you need to do. You wanted to do it on your own merit. I, I'm i like, if you would have done that, they might not even even have suspended him. If he said, hey, listen, Kay, Kay and I talked. We're good. We're sorry that it happened. We there's, so many, there's so many games in, in the season that that could have been load management. That's like, oh, I was suspended. Like, ah, huh. I don't know about that, Draymond. I don't know. <laughs> the last, because they talked about, they ended up pointing the fingers at the organization and to the front office and Steve Kerr, including that. And they said, one thing they said is like, Steve Kerr pretended like it didn't happen. And it's like, so if he's being asked by the media, yo, what happened on the sideline, what would you like for him to say? He's a he's a former player. That's the area he comes from. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's buttoned up in the locker room. Y'all got to stop, stop it out. I know George punched him. I'm the nigga he punched. Like, 
Come on. So I'm like, what would you want from that? Because I see a little bit of hypocrisy in that statement. And I say that because number one, you and Kyrie apparently don't need a coach, right? But like, so, but when you do have one in Steve Nash, Nash also downplayed Kyrie's mental health hiatus, right? By saying he wasn't even, you know, Nash didn't know what was going on. Half the team didn't know what was going on in that case, but they covered for him anyway and downplayed it like, you know, he's doing his thing, We're, everything's going to be fine. But you didn't have a problem with that. You didn't have a problem with a coach downplaying a player not communicating with his team and leaving y'all hanging, right? But then you have a problem with your coach, Steve Kerr, downplaying you and Draymond's argument so the media doesn't get too nosy in y'all's business. So he was deflected. I don't get it, like – how can one be right and one be wrong in that case? That's that's beyond me. But y'all go ahead. I'm done. I'm done. No, no, nah, nah, I feel it. You hit a lot of points on the head. I would definitely like to chime in and be like, yo, for somebody who is coming straight off the court to get 2.6 million views in two days, they had to be doing something right. And the algorithms or the because honestly, I'm gonna keep it five. Chips is a terrible name for a talk show. <laughs> Nobody wants to say it, but that's a terrible name. Like, come on. And like, and everyone's heard the expression, oh, you got a chip on your shoulder. I get it. But, it, oh, we're going to talk about the chips on our... Come on. That's not what the conversation was about. So, like, that, that's definitely that. That's something that grinded my gears. Um, pointing, at the, pointing at the organization, I, I didn't like that either because I feel like like you said, if all they wanted you to do was apologize, you could be like, all right, I'll do it. And they should have dropped it. So I agree with what they what they said. They didn't need a medal. That mm-hmm. is true. But the fact that the, it it still like lingered and there was still beef, y'all didn't squash it. The fact that y'all think y'all can y'all need to now sit on the couch and key key key. Yeah, Kurt. <laughs> yeah, key. Really? <laughs> Really, KD, you seven feet tall. You only look comfortable in that chair. Really, KD? <laughs> really? So it's like, I mean, there's that. And then also, I got to say that, who's his next guest? <laughs> who, who you top that interview with? Just like KD oh. on his podcast. He, his first episode, I'm going to step out the gate. I got Kyrie. I was like, okay, who's your next guest? Nobody's, nobody's, nobody. J. Cole. I said, okay, who's your next guest? Nobody's, nobody's, no. So it's like, <laughs> where are you going next? Because this is 2.6. Bleach Report is going to be expecting your yeah. views. You're Draymond. Everyone says you're good at media. Here's your job. The only guest that I can say that would get high ratings they could bring, if he hasn't brought him in already, is Russell Westbrook, maybe. But do you think Russell's really going to chat it up with? With Draymond, no. with Draymond, <laughs> if it was KD. I would, I would, I would. In like seventeen years, when we're all old, I'll watch that one. Yes, that's gonna be like Shaq and Kobe. Yes, because I want to hear what happened behind closed doors. What What was going through Russ's head when he sees on the ticker? Because I know he didn't tell him. Right. Because look, look at the situation right now. I know he didn't tell Russ. Russ was like, "Yo, Kevin." You love oh, Golden State. <laughs> Golden State. <laughs> like, 
Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that was pretty much my takeaways. And then as as someone who went to school in the environment, because mm-hmm. I thought I was a hooper, I went to Montrose for like two years, eighth grade, ninth grade. When he came back, when he was at Texas, like I seen him. So I know how massive of a person KD is. So that's how I know for a fact he was uncomfortable in that chair, bro. <laughs> you seen his knees. And I was like, bro. No, no, KD. No, I don't want to be there. He's up to his chest and everything. Like, bro, like, man, man, you seen it. You seen it. it. Back all hurt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Go ahead, Coach Yeah, I guess I'll wrap it up. I mean, you know, you guys pretty much said mostly everything already. Um, I think before I talk about that specific portion with the blame, the blame deflecting, um, the other part that I thought was really the conversation was pretty boring, but the only part that was kind of, yeah, was, you know, when Draymond asked KD about, you know, his social media use and all of that. Um, I've said this numerous times. I really don't care what KD does on social media. Cause for one, I think, um, you know, that's his Jordan-esque mindset. He likes to just go at people just to kind of create these different beefs in his head so it helps him play better because he usually balls, mm-hmm. you know, no matter what's going on. Um, and another part of me thinks he he just likes to poke the bear. He's one of those people that just likes to stir the pot and then just likes to see everybody get all riled up. And then he's in his New York City penthouse laughing. Mm-hmm. So that's my takes on his social media use. Um, and then really going back to the, I guess, the meat and potatoes of the conversation. Um, <laughs> you guys pretty much said everything already. Um, I think when I was watching it, um, the term that came to my, man, my mind was uh, triangulation. <laughs> and Essentially, and we all do it, but essentially it's when, you know, one person and another person who's in a relationship, whether it's romantic, whether it's just friendship, and you're having an argument, but then you like to bring in somebody else to either help boast your argument, or you think is going to help boast your argument, or blame deflect. And that's what Draymond did. So, and that's what both of them did. Because essentially, you two are grown adults, and... The fact that you're going to blame Steve Kerr and Bob Myers for the reason why you left, KD, one, I think that's utterly ridiculous. Two, I think he's being a bit disingenuous because that's not the sole reason why you left. Mm-hmm. Because you can't, even in, you see like couples argue or couples who are maybe like on a divorce and they may have this big blow up. And you're like, man, that's maybe what got them divorced. Like, nah, bro. Stuff was building. <laughs> so I want to see the last dance documentary on the Golden State Warriors. That's what I want to see. Because- well, I, have a question. I have a question. So, like, because when we're, when we're talking about, like, bench explosions, you got to remember what Braun did to, like, Chalmers. So, like. Yeah. Yeah. That squash. Like, you think, you think it's, like, the bigger person? And it's because, like. Braun like whipped. What the fuck you said? <laughs> I got you a ring. Because so like, I, I I know a few. I know a few times I've seen on the bench or like you see somebody yeah. snapping or 
just that reaction. It's like, so here's, and this is my second part I'm going to get to. So to me, that's why I don't believe that's the sole reason why he left. The fact that they weren't able to squash it, that tells me people were already walking on eggshells around KD up to that point. So everybody was already kind of like, <laughs> Yo, you think you think they talk? <laughs> I don't know if they talk. No, did the KD and them talk? I don't know. So that's why Steve Kerr and Bob Myers, like the next day, is like, so, yo, Steph, you heard they made up yet? Nah, I ain't heard that. Yo, Clay, yo, Iggy, um, you heard they talk yet? Nah. So that's why they had to come to Draymond, was like, yo. So t- that tells me there, there was something, there was something already off about, even amongst them winning. Yeah, because he, something like, was already he, off. He definitely kind of alluded to like Kevin being checked out going into that season. That's or, what I'm saying. Because he, like, he brought up, he brought up the fact that oh, with the with the the three peat like possibility, yeah, not everybody three peats. Everyone, right. everybody, a lot of people got in two, but right. the three peat separates you from a lot right. of people. So it's right. like because the, they didn't look like the Warriors, and everyone said it all year. They didn't look like the whole. Wow. We'll throw a death line up at you. We'll 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 dominate you in the third quarter, and then the game's over in the fourth. Right. Like, they didn't have a. They didn't look smooth. So like mm-hmm. going into the playoffs, and then they started to break down. Like, like literally, like Clay, yeah. KD. So it's like, it's like, eh. I mean, yeah. that, that's what happened. It was cracks in the armor. It was cracks in the armor. Yeah. Yes. It was just a matter of time before something happened. I mean, yeah. that's what happens when you have the talent of a wifey, but you get treated like a side chick. Like that's exactly what happens. That was never KD's team. Never. Team. And, to, and to your point, Coach JP3, I thought it was very interesting that Steph's name was never brought up in that conversation. Never. That's very interesting. And that's Steph's team. That's that was what I was saying. Yeah, that's what I was saying. But, about- I think, but I think what it was is, you know, everybody likes Steph and respects Steph, but he's not necessarily like <laughs> – that alpha type dude. No. So I think they love, they like stuff, but I think KD's probably looking at it like, all right, like, you know, I know y'all seven, three and nine, you know, drink as, as Shannon Sharp likes to say, you know, he was in the back crying, calling KD to come help save him. So KD's like, yeah, all right, you know, I'll come. And, you know, he wins finals MVP, wins the first one. And then, you know, comes back, wins the second one. And it's like, Hmm. Y'all, y'all still want stuff, huh? Okay. But I'm the I'm the alpha dog on here. I'm the guy that's finals MVP. I'm the best player on this team. And it's similar to you know when LeBron went to Miami. Like it was he was never it was never gonna be his nope. his team. It's nope. Wade County, bro. Wade like, it's Wade County. It's Wade like, County. Like, like once once 06 Wade happened, it was yeah. it was stamped. So I got nah. So you know, he Don't can say wrong. wrong. Yeah, because he can because like LeBron can say, Oh yeah, you know, I you know, I wanted to go back home. Like, yeah, but you, you <laughs> knew it wasn't the same. Like when you won those two rings in Miami, you won them, but it wasn't the same because it was Wade County. So to me, I think that's just kind of KD 2.0. 
That's why he's gone to Brooklyn, because I think, ironically, this season, obviously he hasn't said this, but I think this was probably the most enjoyable season for him because I think he got the most credit. Yeah. Even with – because with Kyrie being out and with, with – I don't know, because with well, James Harden, James <laughs> Harden, I think – I think James – I think that's James's team. It, well, I we'll say. see. We'll I'm see. Gonna, We'll see this season if they all can stay healthy for sure. Because, but, because yeah. 100% when James went out, it was a whole completely different vibe. True. No facilitating, and there was a lot of L's taken. So, yeah. like, I hear with KD, and, and unfortunately, his big toe is just a fraction of an inch too big. Yeah. And you miss yeah. it. But, like, he did everything he could in that game. Right. In that game. No, you're right. You're right. And I think, you know, temporarily in his head, because, you know, KD's kind of getting a lot more of that, like, solidified best player in the game talk now. Even more so than him winning finals MVP twice in LeBron's house. Mm -hmm. Because even though it's like people have kind of given him that stamp of approval more now in a loss than what he did in a win with Golden State. So I think he's enjoying that now. But to your point, when the season starts, and let's say they do win the championship, I'm telling you, I I I think they're very talented, but I I think their biggest issue is is that self implosion factor, and it's coming. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, coming, yeah. coming. Yeah, yeah. So that's you know to wrap it up. That's just that's my overall thing. I, I want to see what that last dance documentary looks like for the Golden State Warriors, because I'm telling you, there was something, there was something going on in that room up until that point. And that was just like the, the straw that broke the camel's back. It was like, Katie was like, see, that's why I'm out. <laughs> yep. yep. That's what it was. Yep. That was not, that was not the moment, but it, it, it that was kind of the last moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I agree with that. I definitely yeah. agree with that. Yeah, man. Jeez. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Point coach there. I wonder who Draymond's going to bring on next. Like, he might as well. That is bring a very good question. Now, that is the next best question out of this whole thing. <laughs> Where do you go from here as a podcast? Because like, like, that's something I definitely gauge podcast by. Like, just with me having my own. Like, I always like when you when you have your guests. Because even Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan will have a viral one. Everyone will yeah. flock to it. Like, oh yeah. my gosh, oh my gosh. And then you'd be like, oh, you just had Tony Hawk, man. You go with <laughs> a random person. Like, ah, it was Tony Hawk. Everybody knows Tony Hawk. Dave Chappelle? <laughs> Holy. Like, oh. <laughs> I am athlete had Dion and Cam. Everyone was like, oh, man, I got to check. When they had some news reporter from Miami that Brandon knew, I was like, don't get me wrong. It was a great episode, though. Right. <laughs> But, but if you're not a fan, you're not gonna flock. You're not a casual fan. You're not yeah. gonna flock to it. Right. So that's why I think I think it's 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 interesting. I think it's an interesting question. Yeah, it, it is. That Dion episode was one of my favorites, by the way. That was, okay. that was dope. Oh yeah. Because he really thinks he could strap them up right now. Yeah. <laughs> right this second, Dion. Dion. <laughs> what? <laughs> You'll always think like something I something I go by is athletes gonna athlete. So like no matter what the sport, if you're a real athlete, because a lot of people are like, oh I'm athletic. No, 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 no. I'm nah. an 
Period. <laughs> no matter the sport, no matter the op- the object, if we have to do something athletically, I'm just, we gonna compete. Laser tag, <laughs> back. Say no more. <laughs> <laughs> what are you yeah. doing? Right, right. Navy Steel out there. Yeah. I'm Navy Steel, but well, true. Yeah. Something. Uh, another question that I want I want to raise to the to the coaches. The NFL season is upon us. Yes, There's it is. a billion questions. Everybody is posing, getting ready for the season. But one that I, is one of the hottest topics, in my personal opinion, is always the money. Mm-hmm. Where the money goes in the NFL is, it's always, it's always very opinionated. But you know, there's a lot of facts that can justify it either way. So we're gonna talk about quarterback money. Yes, it is quarterback money. Who are some overpaid quarterbacks in the NFL right now? Has anybody got one they want to throw out? Because I got, I got, I got three. <laughs> yeah. three. I'm gonna come out solid three. We no, go, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Ryan Tannehill is. I can do his job. I'm not even a good. I'm not even a good thrower. But if I can play action to someone who's gone for two thousand yards, yeah, yeah, I can. And now you got Julio. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. If you don't win, it's you. It's no one else. And you have A.J. Brown on the other side. Like, come on, yeah. man. Don't yeah. do it. Uh, quarterback number two, just because I, I think he was a system quarterback. We're definitely going to find out this year. Uh, Jared Goff. True. I got to say Jared Goff is overpaid. Um, I think Sean McVay got him that paycheck. And then Sean McVay realized he's not as good as he could be. <laughs> Like, right. if, like, hypothetically speaking, Stafford isn't it. Gets hurt again because that's what he does. Um, and he mess around and get a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like a legitimate quarterback. I think they traded all their picks for Stafford. But if he gets somebody that he can throw the ball, Aaron Rodgers. Sure. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Just saying. Watch out for that. Hot yeah. take. Everybody. You got you to float him out early. So then be like, oh, remember when you – yeah, that was me. Um, <laughs> and the last one, the last one I got to say that's super overpaid, I got to say Kurt. Yes. I got to say Kurt. I got to say Kurt. Like, I think he played the system right to get overpaid, but he's overpaid. He's overpaid. I think he's really – I think he's average. And when you're an average quarterback and you luck up with that season – you don't even gotta win anything, but you have that that statistical season where everyone has you in fancy. Oh yeah, I had I had Kirk Cousins and he was throwing his Santana Moss. Like, come on, man. Like <laughs> everybody remembers that season, but you're not really like, oh, I was so happy to have Kirk Cousins. Everybody won an RG three. <laughs> right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. I'm not mad at that list at all. I'm not mad. At, yeah, I can't argue with that. I, I'm trying to think of a way to argue. I can't. So, Coach Natty, go ahead. Go ahead. What you got, bro? Yeah, I mean, I, y'all might get mad at me, but <laughs> I actually think just the overall topic of, you know, our quarterbacks overpaid, I'm actually going to say no. And here's why. Because when you look at it, like, technically – and how these negotiations are done, it's not a perspective argument. It's a statistical argument. Mm -hmm. 
and how these agents actually you know get these guys paid they do comps and this is why when we're having those um you know who's better and this that and the third conversations it's not all about stats because you got it's it's tricky because and and that's why i kind of use um you know dak joss allen and deshaun watson for example because of course you know dak when he signed his deal it was very polarizing like oh that's make all he's gonna make all this money but i'm gonna just throw out some numbers here and this is why it's like it's tricky because in I'm just going to look at his 2019 season because that was, you know, the season before he really got paid. So, you know, 4,900 yards, 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, 65% completion percentage. Like, pretty good. Now I'm going to go to Josh Allen because he just got that bad. Got paid. Like I, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. You got to have that season. Right. Like, you have that season at the right time. At the right time. Okay. You took the words out of my mouth. So he had <laughs> – he had 45, yeah, 4,500 yards, 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 69% completion percentage. Like, that's, that's pretty darn good, right? I mean, look at Deshaun Watson. Even fun, fact, with- fun fact about Josh Allen, though. He's, 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 he's white Cam Newton under there. Like, it's big arm. I'll run you over. I'll jump over you. I'm athletic. Yeah. Don't sleep. <laughs> But yeah. you know, that's that's like the Scooby Doo is like who's that? Oh, it's Cam. No, you're right. I mean, and what? Here's the interesting part. So when I looked at Deshaun Watson's numbers, so he got paid after his 2019 season. Yeah. Now, his numbers are very interesting, and I would say he's. Well, we're we're going to talk about that next, so we'll, we'll get it. I'm excited about that conversation. Yeah, we'll 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 get into that. But this Deshaun Watson's 2019 season. 38-52 in terms of yards. 26 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. You said how many touchdowns? 26 uh-huh. and 12 interceptions. Okay. Remember, I just wrote that press conference number. But, but hey, hey, but you know what that boy Deshaun. But got- I would say he's better, but in just the conversation of when you're sitting in that room and you're like, you're having the negotiations and when Dax agents in there, he's like, well, my client had 4,900 pass yards and Deshaun Watson got paid that. And he had almost $500. Also remember like the ownership too, because they play into yeah. a factor in terms of paying because historically yeah, Jones is not coming off that money. Yeah, historically, Emmett Smith. I was a once upon a time. I was a Cowboys fan. Yes, <laughs> my favorite running back of all time. Yeah, and he broke the all time. Like I'm talking elementary school. I'm writing book reports on Emmett Smith. Like, <laughs> Emmett Smith was my boy yeah. out of Florida. Yeah, but yeah. like broke the all time record for most rushing yards, and then he he had to re- like leave. Yeah, you know, yeah, Cardinals. I yeah. was so confused. Yeah. So yeah. like it's a business. And then if you look at historically the Texans, you know, the Texans are trying to save face. It's like, oh, we're not racist. Yeah. We have Deshaun Watson. <laughs> <laughs> look how that turned out. Yeah. But um, you know, so it's it's 
it's a big it's a big picture because not everyone not everyone gets it. Not everyone yeah. gets a paycheck, even if you do put the season out there. I just feel yeah. like when you look at the the receivers, I mean not the receivers, the quarterbacks in the room, it's like <laughs> it's hard. It's hard because I can yeah. I can show you this stat, but if you really aren't throwing the ball like that, it's like it's all garbage time. Like Derek Carr. Derek Carr statistically, he's really good. Another one. He he'll, he'll you'll sleep on him and be like Derek Carr's trash. He had Amari Cooper, he had Michael Crabtree, and yeah. they was balling. Yeah. And every now and again they'll be eight and eight, and they had they start off like zero oh and five, and then it's like how oh, the Raiders do it again. Right. Derek Carr just been all garbage time, all garbage time. Matt Ryan's another one. Yeah. Like don't get me wrong, Matt Ryan had an MVP year and took them to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Garbage time. Garbage yards, garbage yeah. touchdowns. That's all. Yeah. And unfortunately, yeah. Sean Watson was a victim of that too. Yeah. He was a victim of that too. So that's that's all I'm saying. I just think, you know, if, if we're judging it off of how they actually negotiate these contracts, they're technically not. And if you look at that TV money the NFL just signed and the way that salary cap's going up, listen. The top guys get paid more, the mid guys get paid more, and the broke guys get paid more. That's just how that's just kind of how it works. So, you know, if you look at you know Patrick Mahomes deal, obviously, yeah, that's a lot of money, but that was technically under the old salary cap deal. So when you look at what Dak Prescott, he's gonna make, he's making he's gonna make like $70 million this year. Yeah, this year. I mean, but, but Mahomes, Mahomes is, is worth it. Mahomes is worth that. No, he's worth it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. I'm like, just saying Mahomes, like, Mahomes is. Can we can we start that conversation? Because <laughs> <laughs> Mahomes, uh, Mahomes. Boy. No, I mean, I'm again. I'm not disputing that. But again, you'll see me on my list. I'm not disputing it. I'm just saying on the subject of them being overpaid. It's just it's not a it's not a perspective conversation it's a statistical comp conversation and that's how these guys get paid so that's why i don't think they're necessarily overpaid but now if we're going to have a conversation of who sucks or not okay i'm with you but they're not overpaid that's just the market and to your point coach stay here it's about when you have that season and when your contract is up and how the salary cap's looking that's how these guys get paid. And that's the thing. I think it's, it's, it's crazy because I think we almost have to take the pay out of it and have that separate conversation because it, it has – there's no correlation to the two. It really isn't, which is crazy. You think it should, but it really isn't. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like in regards to, like, any – like, a lot of other positions, yeah. it just doesn't jump, like – they aren't climbing up that rim like that. No. Nah. Receivers, it's like diamond dozen. Yeah. Diamond dozen. I'm sorry. Yeah. Diamond, left tackle, right tackle, center guard. Like they they're getting paid, but they don't. It's not a. It's not a, like. Like we were just talking about seventy million dollars. That's a whole wide receiver contract for. Yeah. Years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like like. Yeah. Too many times wide receivers been shipped out. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's not even their fault. No. It's not even their fault. 
<laughs> you look at the top 20 paid NFL players going into the season, who's making the most in this coming year, just off of the one year of their contract. Out of the 20, you have to go all the way to 13 to get find someone outside of the quarterback position. Yeah. That's DeAndre Hopkins. He's doing he's making 27.25. Bosa's 15 at 27 million. Which one? Uh so Joey. Joey Bosa. Oh, yeah, it should be Joey. Uh, 17 Miles Garrett, because he got that that new contract. So he's got 25 million. Khalil Mack at 23.5. Trent Williams is the um, left okay. tackle for San Francisco at 23. Oh, gee. He, 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 he cracked the top 20. So what was that, like five of the top 20 players? Yeah. Outside of the quarterback, because only five. Only five. That's crazy. And Coach Natty T, like objectively speaking, I 100% agree that the market dictates the money and the talent is a different question. However, <laughs> Kirk Cousins and Matt Ryan and Jared Goff are overpaid and don't deserve that money. <laughs> and they are stealing from the you know, you know what we could do with that money? You know how many college loans we could pay off right now in this country? And they out there throwing in throw it to the other team and stuff like, come on. 50-50 ball. But it is 50-50. <laughs> just throw it up. <laughs> I mean, just throw it up. I can throw it up for you. You know what I'm saying? I, I can at least get in the vicinity. Yeah. But I, yeah, I, I will say slightly different take. I don't think, especially the vast majority of NFL quarterbacks are overpaid, because yeah, it is a statistics statistics game. I agree with the right year at the right time and a contract year, you're going to get it. But I do think they are overpaid situationally based on a team's ability to actually build around them and maintain the town around them. I think that's where the overpayment conversation comes into my in my head, because Mahomes is number one on this list. I just mentioned the top 20 mm-hmm. and 45 men. But you look at the way his contract is structured. They mm-hmm. made sure he was going to – they were going to be able to keep the other – so when Travis Kelsey comes up for a contract, they keep him. Tyreek Ty Hill comes with a contract, they keep him. A lot of times they're pouring money into quarterbacks, and when it comes to a contract year for another skill position in particular, they're not able to fulfill that. And, and I think that's the mistake that some of the organizations – that's not the quarterback's fault. It's not the quarterback's fault. That's when that's when you're supposed to turn into this. That and that's the one thing I'll give the Steelers. The Steelers scouting department, my entire life, has been yeah. able to pick somebody every year that's gonna eat. Yeah, that's gonna like Ravens too. Ravens too. Yeah. Ravens yeah. too. Yeah. Like they just know a hundred percent this linebacker is crazy as hell. Yeah. This D back is gonna be the greatest D back ever. <laughs> like nah, who? okay. Yeah, who's that? <laughs> like never heard Playpool. Like I seen him at the combine. I said, yo, that's baby Julio. That's light skin Julio. Like <laughs> six six. Fast like yeah. as hell. He ran like a four three, four three seven, something like that. Mm-hmm. Deontay Johnson, Le'Veon Bell. Let's like, yo, who Heinz is Ward. Yeah, Heinz Ward and Tony Plaxico Brown. Plaxico, like, yeah. 
Yeah. Mike Wallace. I could just Antonio Brown. Yeah. Alamalu. Like, there's no way these people because they're not they're not signing them. But if the Chiefs turn into that, then it's a wrap. Yeah. Because yeah. then it doesn't matter. My pipeline for who I'm bringing in is gonna last. We built the offensive line. We need to figure out this running back because Clyde, you got one more year before we ship you out. Mm-hmm. Went to LSU, but you got one more year before we ship you out. Yeah, he's not the answer. He's not the answer. You got Honey Badger on defense. He got a good two, three more years in him. Yeah, yeah. Kelsey, Travis Kelsey is the greatest tight end in the league, debatably. And Tyreek Hill, say what you want. Until they figure out how to keep up with him, he's going to do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and then at the end of the day, Mahomes can throw it from one side of the field. To the other, it's <laughs> run under it, catch it, chuck the deuces, do a flip into the end zone, and that's game. Yeah, simple as that. Simple as that. Okay. <laughs> uh, speak of Patrick Mahomes and all the other talented quarterbacks out there, yeah. our next topic is talking about who are our current top 10 QBs in the league going into the 21-22 season. Coach Natty T, who do you have on your list? Yeah, I'll jump right into it. I'm just going to go. This is my from order one to 10. Mahomes next. Um, Aaron Rodgers. Mm. I have Tom Brady number three. Okay. Yeah, that hurts. Wilson, Wilson number four. Okay. I had Deshaun Watson five. I know he's got his situation, yeah. but he's number five. I have Josh Allen six. Okay. And I had to be objective because I have Lamar Jackson seven. I like Lamar Jackson better than Josh Allen, but I think he's going to have a pretty great season this this year again for Josh Allen. So um, Lamar Jackson, um, I, I'm mad at the Ravens. I wanted them to get some more help on receiver, man. I'm like, I hurt. Bateman got hurt. Bateman's good. Bateman's good. Should have like been Julio. Should have been Julio in the Baltimore. Because, oh, yeah. again, I've said just quick break. So, Coach Stare, I said this in the past. I feel like with Lamar Jackson, because this whole thing he can't throw. He can throw. He just needs bigger body receivers. That's why he does so well with tight ends. Yeah. But his style, and you're throwing to these Hollywood Browns, small cats, like that doesn't work. You need like a big body receiver. I need a receiver that I'm gonna start. I'm gonna keep my eyes downfield. Yeah, Mike right. Evans, that shit. Like Mike. That's Evans. why. I, that's why I was hey, like, Davis look global. So it's like, yeah. got it, got it, bro. So like, I 100 agree with that. That's why I was like, I and they didn't. Not, he's that. not built for it. If it was younger Julio, yes, right. But right now, Julio, I don't know. Yeah. Go away from like sitting on the sideline for one too many weeks. That's all. I'll yeah, say. Sure. but that's my whole side rant on Lamar Jackson. Because if he had that bigger receiver, I would I would move him up because I feel like that's what he needs to really take that to the next level. But so this is where it was tough for me. So you close out your list. I, I'm interested. I'm interested right so, now. So yeah, number eight. I put Dak Prescott at number eight. Um, number nine, I put Matthew Stafford at number nine because I think him and the Rams is going to be. I think they're they're going to do big things. I had to be objective on number ten. 
because I put Baker Mayfield at number 10. Ah, what? You put Shake and Baker. Ah. I, I have – so I said I had to be objective because – I have Kyler Murray at number 11. I wanted to put Kyler Murray at 10 because I like Kyler Murray better. I'll be way objective. Well, I can't wait. I can't wait. But the way I, and again, and Coach JP3, you know how I am. Yeah. I have to be objective to my own rules because (laughs) for me, when I'm thinking about the top 10, just going into this season, I'm thinking about like, how are they going to do this season? Where are they going to project to do this season? So that's why I put Baker at 10 because I do feel like he will play well enough for the Browns to be very successful this season. But so but it with that mindset, do you then have to put uh Watson down or just off the muscle of if he does touch a field this year, he will be at that spot? Well, I think. Again, I know he has a situation. I'm. This is the other part of my list. I took, you know, injury out and just. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm just like, all right, next season. I got a quarterback. Right. I got you. I got you. So, I mean, so you're right. So you're right. I mean, Deshaun Watson may not even be on the list because he may not play. So that's what I'm saying. But I'm just taking like, okay, he's playing. He's playing. Everybody's healthy. Because even Dak Prescott, I don't know with this whole shoulder thing. I don't know. But I'm just saying everybody healthy. It looks good, Mark. You playing? We chucking the deuce. Like, who's the top ten? So that's why, objectively, I had to put Baker above Kyler for me because I I really like Kyler Murray. Hey. I would have put him ten, but I think he's going to play well enough to be better. Be better. Well, he better. And I do be like Kevin Stefanski. I think he's going to bring the best out of him in terms of the offense. Mm-hmm. So that's why I put Baker 10, because I was like, dang, I got to be objective, though, because I'm like, I really think the Browns are actually going to win the division. I'm shocked. I am shocked. You know me, because I hate, and I absolutely hate Cleveland, the city of Cleveland, and all things Cleveland. And I'm from Ohio, for goodness sake. (laughs) So, but I just, I had to be objective. I just, so, that's why I had Baker 10. But even though I personally like Kyler Murray better, but that's my 10. Okay, Coach there, what you got? I got you, I got you. I am, I'm different. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that right now. I'm different. I, I look at, like, what, if I'm lining up and I'm, I'm picking, I'm picking a team, these are who I want on my team. Like, I'm different. I'm telling you this right now. <laughs> um, Number one, of course. Yeah, um, that's, yeah. Like, number two, yeah. I'm going Brady. Yeah. I gotta put the goat up there. Number three, Rogers. Number four, Wilson. Mm-hmm. Now we about to start dancing. <laughs> about to start dancing. All right. Number five, I think I think arm talent, intangibles, and everything that he's bringing to the table. Well, Josh Allen, number five. Mm-hmm. Number six, I'm going once again, arm talent. Intangibles. I expect a big year out of him. I'm going Kyler Murray. Okay. I, I'm with you. I, I'm with you. I, 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 I love me some Kyler Murray. I love me some Kyler Murray. I really do. Yeah. Next, I got to go Dak because I think Dak is the truth. At number, what is this? 
eight, nine? Yes, eight, yeah. Eight, nine. I'm going to go. I'm going to go Herbert. Herbert. I think Herbert is another one who's real good. And then I'm going to go Deshaun. I mean, not uh, Lamar. I'm going to go Lamar. And then last. And honestly, it's because of my cup. It's because of my cup. But I have to go Carson Wentz. I think he's not broken. I think he's still an NFL quarterback that can light up any defense. If you give him the weapons that he has in Indianapolis, in Philly, he would still be cooking. Doug would still have a job. We'd be perfectly fine. If we actually made a move to build the team around him, I think we could have, instead of drafting Dallas Goddard, just to piss off the Cowboys, as Dallas (laughs) and Dallas makes sense. (laughs) Now look at us. Ertz and Dallas Goddard. Who do we sign? Are we in this position? We have a star quarterback that we just paid. Why are we in this position? Why are we in a position where we're getting Jalen Ragor instead of Justin Jefferson? Yes. Why are we in this position? Shambles. Why are we drafting multiple receivers and our last receiver to crack a thousand yards is Jeremy Macklin? Mm. Why are we in this position? Why is our defense aging, aging, and aging, and all you keep doing is getting rush ends? Why are we in this position? Like, so that's why I say I don't think Wentz is a bad quarterback. Yes, I think he got obliterated week one versus Washington. Seven sacks? You let up seven sacks? And the rookie got two? (laughs) Why are we in this position? Like, I just had to, like, I had to come and defend my boy because a lot of people, a lot of people will hate on my man Wentz, and I'm not here for it. I'm always with the smoke, but every time my friends go in my group chat, they're like, oh, what? you trash? I'll be like, all right. I don't have the patience to text all I just said, but I wish I could. <laughs> now you got think- a coach that's playing <laughs> rock, paper, scissors to evaluate talent. No, no, no. He, he needs to get out of here. I don't, know, I don't know what his plans are. Like, I didn't even watch preseason, but I glanced at the score. It's 35-0 in preseason. That's a problem. That's a serious problem. To your point on Carson, though, I think, I mean, talent-wise, he's there. I just think he, it was just, it was a mental thing for him. Yeah. Because he would do, like, hard things well, but easy things not well. 100%. 100%. I think, that was his issue. I think it was a trust issue, though. Yeah. and it's, Because and, if, I, if I can get this hard pass to you. Right. And you drop it, I can't trust you no more. Yeah. Because I'm going to get blamed for it. But Nelson Aguilar is dropping the touchdown. Like, lit. <laughs> Wide open. On the sideline, nobody around you. Yeah. All you got to do is catch, walk into the end zone, yeah. game over. Yeah. And you drop it. Yeah. And you drop it. Yeah. I don't know if y'all remember the movie Little Giants, but it was one of my favorite movies <laughs> There was a character called Hot Hands Hanan. They called him Hot Hands. <laughs> yeah, that's Nelson. That's, that's Nelson. Nelson. Yeah, that's Nelson. He's on my toilet paper roll. Maybe he might catch it, but that that's about it. But a football, not catching it. Not yeah. catching it. Yeah, I, 
We need to bring you and uh, other coach Murph. On yeah, coach Murph is a, yeah, he's an Eagles fan Eagles too. Fan. Yeah, yeah, he's going on. Yeah. All you gotta say to him is, "Why are we in this position?" You'll <laughs> <laughs> know exactly what we talk about. And there's yeah. the laundry list of reasons why we're. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, because he's in a part of another group chat, and he he's always complaining about everything the Eagles do, and I can't blame him. I can't blame him. There's just a lot of stupid decisions in a row, but I. Yeah, um, my list, I'm not going to exhaust this, really. I, I have the same top five as Coach Natty T. I was like, did I see that on my list? Like, yeah, Mahomes, Rodgers, Brady's, Wilson, Watson, right? That yeah. Was yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, bottom five, I agree with you all. It does get a little tricky. I put Jackson, Lamar Jackson, right after that. I'm a little biased. I'm, I'm a big fan of his. But I will say, like, whenever you are – basically book it going to the playoffs in a, a really tough AFC and you have an MVP under your belt. I'll give you the nod over some of the other quarterbacks who are turning the corner. So that's why I have Josh Allen right after that, because I'm not going to judge Josh Allen off of one great season and a good season before that. Cause Stefan Diggs had a lot to do with that great season that he had. I'm going to say is, once you pair a good receiver, an elite – like, Stephon Diggs has stepped into that elite class of receivers. Yeah. Once you pair a good quarterback with an elite receiver, you're going to have a product that yeah. is going to work. Jeff Garcia is not that good. Keyshawn Johnson go. makes people remember who Jeff Garcia is. Yeah. So it's like, Chad Pennington, not that good. Lavernius Coles, oh, I remember Chad Pennington. Yeah, like he was with the Jets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Had Wayne Corbett and all of those guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. people remember these, these these quarterbacks. I think Josh Allen has a big enough arm. And like I said before, he's white Cam Newton. So he's also going to run. He's also going to run you over. He's primetime team. Like, he I think there's a highlight where he jumped, landed, turned around, spun, and then reached for the first down on a sneak. And I was like, wow. Yeah. You weren't <laughs> he's he's like, you weren't like That's a big boy, though. That's yeah. a big boy. Big boy. So I think I think his first year, his best receiver was John Brown. And then like John Brown is good, but John Brown is not elite. Yeah. Uh, I think his no, no, Sammy was gone by then. Yeah, he was gone by then. Yeah, Sammy was gone by then. But like mm-hmm. he didn't really have any weapons. So like now that you're starting to build, and once again, that's another AFC team that needs a running back. Yeah, they do. They need a running back because they 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 swung and a miss with Singletary. They swung and a miss with Zach Moss. So it's like you get a yeah. running back on these teams when it comes down to the end of the season. I don't want to tackle somebody in in the snow in in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there's a lot there's a lot of factors when it comes to this football thing that like you don't always remember. But like later in the season, if you're really about it, you got to go through Lambeau. If Aaron Rodgers is about his his business, right? So, right. I'm not mad at that at all. And I I like I actually really like watching Josh Allen play. I like watching the Bills play. I think they're an exciting team. Um, so I, you know this this list could change. You know this list will change going into next year for sure because I think Allen's on the rise. I just want to see it. I just want to see it for another year to see what happens. Mm-hmm. Then 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 it gets a toss-up. I, I mean, I put Dakota on there. I got Dakota on there right after that. Dakota Rain Prescott. Dakota Rain Prescott, because I I think he's 
you know, some people argue that he was he worth the money and everything. And I know it's a big market thing, but he's he's really good, man. I I know his his he was throwing for five hundred. Five hundred. Now I know some five hundred yards before he got broke that ankle. I said, yeah, that's a lot. Some of it was garbage time, but that that's still a lot of yards, man. That's still a lot of yards. He's doing everything he can. Yeah, put up thirty five points and lose by enough because his defense can't stop a nosebleed. Nothing couldn't stop. <laughs> not one thing. Like Odell Beckham literally ran all over the field, like, and no one's within five yards of him. I, I said, "What? What do you expect to do with that? Like, <laughs> you're going to be behind if that's your defense. You're going to be behind." Um, but yeah, unless I do have a, a, a quick question uh, since you brought up Odell, though. Uh, yes, quick, quickly. It's Kyler. I, I love Kyler Murray. I think he's he is so dope, and especially someone of his size that plays so big. Um, and talent, that's another team I like to see them get a little bit more of a solidified running game. You know, they had some health issues last year, too, because Chase Edmonds had to fill in a lot. Um, and then I, this was my, my dark horse is Matthew Stafford because I like Matt. I always talk about the Lions are where careers die and people just retire early because they're sick of the organization. Not just people. Two Hall of Fame players Hall said, I would rather retire than stay here. In the prime Hall of Fame career. players. Yes. And that tells you know, I, I need to play. I don't want out of the Detroit. I, I'm, I want out of the league. Like, <laughs> I feel so disrespected. I just don't even want to play football anymore. Like, you're talking about an organization led by Dan Campbell who just fired his former teammate, who's the long snapper, on his 40th birthday. That's what we're talking about, organizational culture, right there. You fire, you release a long snapper who's been there for like 17, 18 years that you used to play with on his birthday? You couldn't wait another 24 hours, Daniel? Come on, man, come on. That So I'm Stafford- wrong. I tried to get a piece of cake and he looked at me wrong and said, you know what? Yeah, out of here, buddy. That's it. Get out of here, buddy. Man. That's that's just ridiculous. But yeah, Stafford, I think he's gonna have a really, really good year in a system where uh McVeigh can actually hundred percent trust this quarterback, which is why Jared Goff is still the money because they basically had to tell him where to throw the ball. Because yeah. Once again, overpaid. Overpaid. So yeah, that's that's my list. Go ahead with your question, Coach. Uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a big fantasy football head. I can't lie. I yeah. don't know if you guys are, but like mm-hmm. Odell Beckham. <laughs> Can you draft him? Cause like Odell Beckham, you just said he killed the Cowboys single handedly. He threw mm-hmm. a touchdown, he ran a touchdown, and I'm pretty sure he caught like probably like 75 yards. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I've seen him on the Browns not do anything for two mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. and get hurt. So and and Coach Nat, Coach Nat, you you're you're saying Baker's gonna be top ten. So like, what, how you feel about this Odell season? I think he can have a good season because I, I, I think what I saw from Stefanski in terms of what they were doing because really they're a running football team. Yeah. And I think if they can keep that sort of foundation and not get to not get into this, oh, Baker, we got to throw it 30, 40 times. Like if they can keep that balance, 
I think he'll be very effective. And I and I'm liking and, and again this coach JP3, you know how much this kills me to say because I hate the freaking Browns. I hate Cleveland, but this is great to listen to. It really well, is. I'm, I, but you know, you know me, I gotta I gotta just keep it. I have like my personal feelings, and then I have like my objective mindset, and you know, I have a job to do. So, you know, we're on the show. Um, I like what I'm hearing out of Cleveland in terms of you know what they're saying in comparison to years past in terms of just keeping their head down, getting to work, because you haven't really heard too much noise coming out of Cleveland. Nope. You haven't heard too much. You know, Odell is not, like, <laughs> doing, like, the humble brag interviews. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's just been, nah, we got to get back to work. So those are just all signs that I'm noticing from them as a team that I like. So as much as I hate them, I, you know, I, I really think he's actually going to have a pretty good year. He will if he stays that way. Yeah. My thing, there's a percentage of, uh, of me that feels that if he gets back into the swing of things and he's not getting the ball and they're losing. That's the biggest thing. He's going to pop off. He's going to do something stupid. So this is my feeling side coming out. I, I'm praying that happens. I'm <laughs> yeah, telling you. Yeah, oh, yeah. I wish it happened. He's like 0-3, oh just 0-3. Oh. And then he start acting up. Yep. He, he, he can come to Philly. That would he can come to Philly. Yeah. Tomorrow. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Like I that would make my year. Like that would be fantastic. So I hope that happens. But yeah. you know, we'll see. And if he doesn't and he if he doesn't do that and he's just like, hey, I'm all about business, they're gonna be dangerous, man. Because the Browns yeah, are smart, better. Man. The Browns are better when Baker is like. I don't feel any pressure. I can throw the ball to whoever I want to. And if That's they run the ball and run the ball, they will want to be able to do that. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. They, they must run the ball. They yeah. have Chubb and you have cream on. Yeah. And, and Odell on reverse. If he has the angle, he goes. That's a wrap. Yeah. You got, you got Njoku. You got. Hooper. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, on paper, on paper, you can write anybody to the Super Bowl, dog. That's all. No, that's true. It's true. You got any? If we learned anything from Willie Beeman, any <laughs> given Sunday, anything can happen. Absolutely, life's yeah. a game of inches. <laughs> that that defense is what I'm interested in seeing. Like the amount of money that they strategically put into that defense, I think they did it very intelligent, intelligently, but. Um, if they are a team where they can bleed the clock and they can make it hell for you to score, yeah, that's playoff football, right? So that that's when stuff gets tight in the playoffs. That's the type of team that's a symbol that can really, really, you know, shine. That's what Pittsburgh, this is what Steelers used to do. Yeah, complimentary football, man. That's We're going to shut that's you down. If you score, it's going to take you 10, 11, 12 minutes to score. A whole yeah. second quarter. And then we got, we, got enough, we got enough weapons to get down there quickly. And then it's like, whoa. And yeah. when you're tired, we're going to hand it to the bus, and he's going to bruise you because you're not going to want to tackle him there. Like, that's yeah. that's with it. You know, that's what the Browns kind of have right now. Yeah, they're building that same sort of kind of – well, you kind of have to in that division. So, it, it's not shocking that they kind of build it the same way. If, all, if only the Ravens would figure that out. 
machine. I, man, I'm telling y'all, man, when they didn't get like a veteran receiver, I was just like, we're like, dude, like Lamar can't do everything. Like, help him out, man. Yeah. Oh. I mean, is, is that what I'm saying? How, that's why, like, everyone looks at organizations from the top and be like, how do we get to this position? Like, it doesn't make any sense that you're just allowing us to drive this way. Like, the Super Bowl is that way. <laughs> I figured out that pretty sure you can make one move. You can make one yeah. trade, just yeah. one, that yeah. makes sense. That we can, one, sell jerseys, two, win games, or just go for gusto. Go for gusto. Trace, um, why doesn't Aaron Rodgers have Julio? Julio and Devontae Adams, that Yikes. sounds like a nightmare. Yikes. That sounds like a nightmare. Because already in Arizona – they got a nightmare in itself. And if AJ Green can give me like a little bit of production. A fraction. A little yeah. bit. Yeah. The way they built their defense too with JJ Watt and Chandler Jones and Buda Baker. Oof. They got a little squad and Isaiah Simmons that has a year under his belt. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The it's NFC cool. West is going to be the funnest division to watch. I mean, they're the toughest division, man. Uh-huh. The toughest division. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, because yeah, I mean, I know you know, you know, Jimmy G string up there. You know, say what you want. When he's healthy and they play, they win. Even if he's throwing eight passes, somehow they win. So it's just like I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Ravens, the Ravens couldn't even get Corey Davis. Like that's what I'm saying. Somebody, do we get somebody like? This dude goes to the Jets. Like you let the Jets. I feel so bad for him. Cause I think the Jets, I think the Jets, I'm not I'm not completely against this Wilson kid. No, no. But I think, oh, I this think is they're Jets. like maybe two, three years out. They're two, three years out. Cause when they pop back up, because that division is kind of up for grabs, because it's kind of just out there with them and who else is in there? Uh Brady ran it so long. I don't even I don't even Buffalo. So yeah. I think I think they're two three years out. I think they're two three years out. I know I know yeah. a lot of Jets fans. I went to school in New York, so it's like mm. I know a lot of people. <laughs> I know a lot of people out there that are just waiting for that. So like, if anybody from New York hears this episode or gets this, they'll be like, "Yo, stay. I like that kid. I like that. <laughs> that, that guy's good. That guy's cool. <laughs> Bring him back on the pod." But yeah, I can't wait for the season. It's gonna be yeah, it's gonna be a lot of good stuff. Yeah, and we're gonna keep talking about it here in the coaches box as things develop. Um, our last topic of the day is called school days, and our I'm not gonna say our boy, your boy Lamelo Ball Sheesh. <laughs> comes out. GQ magazine starts talking about high school and, and dropping out of high school. You know, he's, he, he's had a unique path to the NBA. Very, very. Right? So you got Lithuania, you got, you know, prep school, then the Australian League, part of the JBA. So it this was something, and he still gets rookie of the year, you know. Uh, he talked about school not being a priority, like what is school? Like he was just talking about like just throwing stuff out there and had to kind of backpedal a little bit, you know practices defensive back skills if he was a football like <laughs> back talking about oh, oh you know well you know let me rephrase school not for everybody 
Now, if you want to be a doctor, better take your ass to school. <laughs> so please don't be going to your mama's talking about, I ain't doing no school because Melo said you don't need it when you're not like that and not all the way invested in your plan A, which is, in my case, was the league. That is, quote, from, <laughs> from Melo. <laughs> Coach Nighty, you sent it to us. I'm going to let you what, – what the hell is going on here? What, what happened? <laughs> well, first, I absolutely love LaMelo Ball. I think he's hysterical. I, I, I think he's a somewhat of a breath of fresh air, if you will in the league because he even when you watch him play I mean like nothing affects this dude like he'll throw a behind the back pass from like half court he'll go out of bounds and he's just like mm, all right let's go. what's the next play like I, I, next play rebound tip back <laughs> like he just don't care um so I, I'm glad that he at least kind of clarified his comments because I do think as much as the, the GQ article was pretty uh, polarizing, if you will, um, like I knew what he meant, but of course, when you just say something like that, a blanket statement, you know, people are obviously going to jump all over it. And then, like you said, with, you know, kids are going to be going to their parents like, oh, well, no, said I had to go to school. Like, no, you need to go to school. You're not six, eight and... <laughs> You're not, the, from half court. you're not throwing oops from half court. You're not throwing from half court, okay? So, like, yeah, you need to go to school. <laughs> um, so I don't want to necessarily give Mello credit for this, per se, because I don't think he was thinking this deep. But I think he does bring up an interesting point when it's talking about kind of where we're going in terms of at least the, like, elite, elite guys, right? So – um, because if you coach JP3, you brought up his path to the NBA, and I think it's interesting that you know school is fantastic. I was an ex-college athlete, Coach Terry, you were an ex-college athlete, so you know, I get it, but you know, I think if you're someone who is elite, like and I mean elite, I think there are there are other options for you because I do think where the NCAA specifically in universities kind of fall short. I don't think they necessarily do a good job of preparing these young men and women for that next stage. It's just kind of like, yeah, you're in scholarship and that's the rule. You have to be here, but they don't really provide any, a lot of resources to help you really prepare for that next level. Whereas, you know, we can say what we want about the ball family. I mean, listen, he was getting experience playing in Australia, playing in Lithuania, right? So, you know, all those things has helped him kind of become rookie of the year and, and kind of helped him focus in on his on his game. So, you know, to that point, I think it's an option that's out there as far as not using school. But I do think the overall point is, you know, use school, don't let it use you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Use the sport, don't let it use you. And if that's your plan, if you're elite and if that's your plan, like, you know, use the sport to get to where you want to go and then leave the sport. Because, again, they will leave you, too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to understand that it it is a two it's a two way street. So, you know, as much as you want to play and do this and do that, like, just know, like, no, like you're still a person beyond what 
game that you play. But also, and will believe I'm going to use this game to get to where I want to go. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because to his point, listen, like, let's just say LaMelo, and I know he he broke his wrist, you know, during the season he came back, but not wishing this on him. But let's just say it was like a pretty catastrophic injury, right? Yeah, it would be unfortunate that he couldn't play basketball anymore. But you know what? He does have, what, $15 million in the bank? I can go back to school. I have the means now. He should. (laughs) After that interview, he definitely should for his grammar. (laughs) He he definitely should, yes. He definitely should. I was tough reading that. I was like, I don't know what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to edit your stuff before you put it out there. Right, right, right. That's a direct quote? Right, you know what? Because if you change it, you gonna be like, I ain't say that. I need to say that. <laughs> it's like, no, we got you on a recorder, bro. That was you. <laughs> um, so just speaking to kind of that point, I think again, I don't know if he was thinking about it this deeply, but I do think it's fair to mention that point of it. Um, that it is another option as far as not going to school. But however, again, as he said, I don't want to hear kids talking about. <laughs> Well, Mel said I ain't got to school. School, like, okay, so what? What can you do? Yeah. Um, I can. I mean, I can drive Uber real good. Like, well, you need to go to school. Yeah. <laughs> That's why when you brought the elite of the elite, I got hundred percent agree with that. Yeah, like those are the outliers. Those yes. are not the normal. I went here and here to here. No, 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 no. Those are the kids that was driving from one side of Texas. Because they had a tournament to get to the, on the other side, and then they had to come to a night game. Like yeah. those were the kids, yeah. That like, like the kids that were getting recruited or, or like getting like the coach picking them up in practice. Because those are always the ones that like they get the favorites, especially on the yeah. football team. They always running back name like. Can you... But yeah. anyway, <laughs> like what the elite is, the way I look at it from my perspective is like from the track and field perspective. Because a lot of kids, a lot of kids recently are going pro out of high school. Like, that was never a thing. Yeah. Like, you're a, you're a child. You're, a, you're 17 years old, and you're going to the, to the top. It's like, wow. Adidas, Noah Lyles, out of high school, didn't even go to yeah. college. Sydney McLaughlin went to college. I don't think she needed to. But no. went to college, and I personally am on the team that I think you should go to college, especially now that, like, the whole likeness, um, and you can get a little bag off that. I think that the scheduling, I don't know how that works. And I feel like you could speak to that, Coach Nat, because if you had to add a commercial shoot to your practice schedule and classes, I don't know how that works. I, I, yeah, I yeah that's you. a lot. Like, that's a lot. And I got to memorize these lines for Dr. Pepper at 12, but like <laughs> one. something's got to give. That's all. Right. So like, yeah. it's, it's, so for Melo to come out and say, Hey, you know, go to school unless you're elite. Cause I'm elite. Cause my journey is like this. It's like, that's one way because there's once again, the outlier, you, Braun, Kobe, like y'all, y'all didn't go to college. But like, look at the other two I named: Braun, Kobe. They they're learners, they're adapters. And yeah. you got Melo; he's a basketball player. <laughs> like, I'm yeah. not gonna say Melo's dumb, but like, I've heard fool me once, shame on me; fool me twice, good stuff. Because like, honestly, 
I've heard him talk on his show. I've heard him talk at award shows. I've heard him talk in interviews. I was like, bro, like, I know your your middle school English teacher is disappointed in you. I know <laughs> for a fact. They probably got like, fired. They probably got fired. After, <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, didn't you teach Mello? No. Nah. Then I Mello. But But you live in Chino Hills, California. <laughs> no, there's a that's a different Chino Hills. Nah, I was not. Nah, nah. Yeah, it's a different one. Yeah, because honestly, it's 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 a struggle. It's a struggle for him to like formulate words. Yeah. Without like saying some off like a direct quote. <laughs> a direct quote from him regaling the tales of playing overseas. Niggas was throwing waters and Gatorades and they drank <laughs> at niggas and all that shit. <laughs> what? In quotes. In quotes. <laughs> In quotes. <laughs> and I know exactly what he means. I know exactly what he means. Like I get it. Like it's a rough neighborhood. It's a rough like arena. <laughs> but like, <laughs> I okay. So speaking of quotes, I failed to mention what was the initial quote that spoke. I summarized it, but I did not read it verbatim. Just so you know, I'm not misquoting him. I'm not misrepresenting. He says. We not tripping off school. We not dumb. We know how to learn. We don't need school. And school not even teaching you ish. What the what the F is school? <laughs> That's what started this whole thing. Mellow ball. Mellow ball. <laughs> Mellow ball. So what I take away is this. <laughs> so what I take away from this, yeah, I, I get it. A lot of colleges are, are letting, you know, especially on the D1 part, you know, they're, they're taking paper classes and they're not really learning anything. I get that. But you have ownership over your educational process. The school lets you get away with that and they should be held accountable. But also you have a choice of what classes you take, what major you declare and everything like that. So. I'm looking at even if this this is plan A, because people always look at it in terms of black and white. Uh, and I agree that there are outliers that I think college wouldn't have done too much benefit for some of those athletes like a Kobe, like a LeBron, like a KG, stuff like that. But I think for a lot of people, you have to be able to look at is education. I, and I'm a little bit biased. I work in college education, higher education. Um, but I'm always thinking about what are the things that are come along with your fame, along with your position that isn't just common knowledge that is going to be important for you to know how many athletes and famous folks are we seeing getting screwed over through their contracts because they're not reading them. Right. They're not reading their contracts and what they read, they may not understand some parts of it. And then those are the parts that end up biting them in the butt later on. Okay. I mean, Megan Thee Stallion, right? One example there. Britney Spears, example right there. That, and that's entertainment, right? Not to mention the numerous athletes that have gone through things. I'm looking at entrepreneurship. So there's times that you, you're going to be hit up with, you know, doing a, doing a speech, like you said, doing something for Dr. Pepper here, doing something, you know. You got to know the game, though, to be able to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to do what 
on my own. You know, I'm going to do this for a little bit, but how can I leverage my own talent to be able to do this where I'm making more money off of that? And that's why that's part of what makes LeBron James so successful is that he's been able to learn that and also surround himself with people that could do that, you know? So he's investing in his circle that he trusts that, okay, go ahead and be a sport agent, go to school, learn that and everything like that, because you're going to help all of us through your skill set. You over here at TV production and everything like that, you're going to help us through your skill set. I'm yeah, not sure LaMelo has that circle right now. Exactly, because I feel like LaMelo, LaMelo grew up essentially, I'm not going to say sheltered because he was everywhere. He was polarizing, but like he grew up with LaVar. LaVar like made sure I got you. We're mm-hmm. going to get there. Mm-hmm. All, all three of y'all. Mm-hmm. And he did. And he did. I, I commend him as a black father. Like, amazing yeah. work. But I feel like educationally, he hindered all three of them as well. Yeah. Because I feel like you 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 setting the example for LaMelo to just drop, I think it was a sophomore. Yeah. Yeah. Sophomore year. Yeah. Sophomore year. So he's like 15. He says, ah, you don't need school. And then you go overseas, and then you take him back to try to get him into prep school to try to get him into the league, and then you find out you got to go back overseas. Like, that was the ultimate commitment to you got to make it out. This is strictly basketball. I feel like with that situation, it's completely different. Completely. Not, and, but at the same time, for every situation that works, it doesn't work at the same time. Because look at uh, Dijon Wagner. Like, yeah. Out of uh, Kentucky, he was supposed to be tough. He was yeah. supposed to be crazy. There's plenty of kids out of Kentucky, one and done. Oh, I'm um, I'm number one in the in the recruiting class. I'm gonna be so good. I go to the NBA flop. Mm-hmm. Greg Odom, number one pick over KD. Knees blown. Boop, boop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you, you gotta be prepared and you can feed yourself with the type of information that's gonna help you while you're playing and after you're playing. And that doesn't have to be I, I agree that it doesn't have to be necessarily like, okay, you're going to go to high school now, then you're going to go to college now, and then you're going to go do what you, what you want with your life. No, it's like, I've, there's plenty of athletes that have said, let me take a class or two in the off season, yeah. you know, or let me do this workshop, something that's going to teach me something, whatever that looks like for you. That's what, it doesn't have to be a formal school, but whatever that is for you, that's what well, I want. You could do some sort of like media press training, AKA yeah. Naomi Osaka, Please. Lord have mercy. That's a that's another time. I don't know. Speaking of teams, like whoever's managing her sucks. Yeah. Same Get thing. Give this girl some media training, please, so she can answer a question without crying. Ask Good the baby Lord. right now. So Ask the baby right now. He wouldn't have benefited from a PR team. Oh my god. Like, come on, bro. Like, I feel just... so bad for that girl. I'm just like, what's some? I feel like she's Lamar Jackson. It's like somebody help this chick uh, out. Get me started about Lamar. Lamar. <laughs> Like she needs, like she just. I'm not like, gonna stereotype. I'm not gonna stereotype any black people, but I am at the same time. Everybody knows the guy in the hood that's super athletic, that would play football on the tennis court because he loves the game so much. Yeah. Yes. Lamar Jackson is on the cover of Madden. Mm-hmm. Why is he doing that? We're trying to rise as black people. We trying to rise as a black quarterback, like. You the face of it. What are you doing? And now you got COVID. Like the fact that you got COVID, I was so twice. 
twice. I'm like Lamar, Lamar. Anyway, yeah, that sidetrack. Keep, keep going. <laughs> I apologize. Yeah, that, that's basically what I have to say about it is that I, I think it's not a linear type of argument. It's it's very uh, structured to an individual's journey. Uh, and so for some, you know, some leagues are pretty good about giving complimentary education when it comes to, uh, hey, you know, training people to be commentators and analysts at the next level uh, and being able to ha have that presence. Yeah, I, I think that's good. So just investing yourself in, in, in many ways. So just know that you are a cash cow for a lot of people mm -hmm. and people are going to take advantage of you if you're not careful. Your dad, as great as LeVar, has been at the PR chaos that he has drummed up for the kids. It worked, but it partially worked, too, because they were they're very talented. Um, but yeah. But I look at him, him, his dad from a business perspective, and I'm like, no, no. I think he, he, I think he, he missed out. He missed out. He didn't maximize the big baller brand pl platform. No, nah, that's because the guy robbed him. You got to remember that. Yes, yeah, true, true. The guy, the guy internally, internally tripped him up. But at the same time, I feel like it still worked because yeah. his, his, his mate. Once Leangelo signs that Hornets contract, it worked. It officially worked because it. I was a little shaky when he didn't get drafted. I was like, ah. Yeah. And then it was all these reports that he's too slow, which I didn't really understand. Mm. But and all I knew because I never watched him play. I never saw him play. Every time I watched their highlights, it was Melo shooting from half court as a <laughs> as a kid. Yeah. And, and Lonzo doing Lonzo. I didn't mm. really see Jello. Mm. So like. All I heard was he's too slow and he's a shooter. So I was like, okay. So I'm watching Summer League. I was like, oh. Uh, he can hoop. He can hoop. little bag to you. My yeah. fault. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jello. Yeah, he can so hoop. So I, I, I got to give Lamar, I mean, uh, LeVar that. Because without a doubt, he, he, he did it. Everybody's dream is put all their kids in the league. He said it years ago. He said, yo, I'm going to get all my boys in the league. And Melo's going to be the best one. Jello yeah. and all that needs to happen now is they all get on the same team and they get a championship. Yeah, and that's so look, you might as well sign him up for president. Yeah, you might as well sign him up for president. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Prophet Lavar. With everything that has been said, like that actually is probably going to come to fruition. Like that's yeah. you might as well sign him up for president. He knows what's going to happen next, and then he's going to crack a joke with China. And, like that's a whole SNL skit. I already see it. I already, I already see it. <laughs> But you I, I I agree. I forgot about that coach there that they did have someone like kind of that's one of which should show them. Yeah, exactly. It goes full circle. <laughs> to know who you're dealing with and what what are the signals that you need to be looking for that something's wrong. Yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, they didn't see that in Big Baller Brown. But you know, Lonzo, Jello, and Melo need to look out when that comes to their careers too, because. People don't always have your best interest at heart. So, yeah, yeah. that's it for that's it for this, this section here and our episode. So, had a lot of fun today. Uh, big shout out, Coach Natty T, Coach Stair, Coach Stair. Thank you for joining us, my brother. Sure. I just got to say thank you for having me on your platform. Uh, it's been a pleasure. As we were saying before we started recording, hey, I know the podcast grind. Y'all doing it, and I'm proud of y'all. Happy for y'all. Because 
I feel like there's so much space and there's so many different topics and there's so many different perspectives. Being able to share with the public, yours, it's always a beautiful thing. It's always a beautiful thing. Absolutely. Uh, and anybody who tunes in from the A&B podcast, what up? Like I said, we're not done. We're on hiatus. We had to work on life. And I, I end every podcast with some stairs to greatness. So I think it's only right that you know I step on your plot on your platform and drop a little stairs to greatness. Um this is really simple. Anybody can do it and it's just like a step towards greatness. So that's what stairs greatness are. So today's is do something every day towards what you love. Mm-hmm. Bring more happiness to you. There you go. Thanks for having Beautiful. me. Ah, that's a good word. That's a good word. I'm sure somebody out there needed that. Yeah. 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 Sometimes we feel so far away from where we want to be, but we're not maximizing each day to make those steps to get to where we need to be. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent agree. Thank you for stepping into the coach's box. Coach Stair, you are welcome anytime back on the coach's box. We hope we, we uh, see you again. I hope to, I hope to come back. I hope to come back. I had a blast. Y'all, y'all are, y'all are, Y'all are a hoot and these questions and topics. I love it. I love yeah, it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, to all listeners out there, we'll check y'all again next week. Y'all have a great weekend. Stay blessed. Stay safe. Peace, y'all. Peace.